come on. This is so awesome. Who's excited to be in the presence of God today? Welcome. So glad you're here. My name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor. Oh, man, it's almost Christmas. You guys are ready to roll on, on, on a word of God preparing us for Christmas? All right. So, hey, this today, this is the last Sunday morning in our Do You Hear What I Hear series, but we're going to finish it this Friday at our Christmas Spectacular. All right. So, hey, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, if you got your Bibles. And, and while you're turning, I do just want to take just a, a couple minutes. Can I just make sure we're all well aware of some things that are coming up, I mean, this week, but even in the new year, like, because Christmas is going to be here, and we got some things happening. You guys want to hear about some things happening? All right, so hey, first off, all right, yes, Christmas Spectacular this Friday. Let's do this thing, and I just want to say thank you so much for inviting. Would you not only invite, would you pray with us over these services? Come on, we're going to have people show up in the presence of God. My life was changed in a service. How many know God still calls the church together and he changes lives in services? So would you pray with us for all the people that are going to show up that God would do a great work in a lot of people's lives? Amen? So thank you in advance. And so listen, in addition to a powerful message, in addition to candlelight worship, we're having free hot chocolate, we're having the live nativity scene, uh, we're having Christmas candy goodie bags for all the kids, we're even bringing the pop-up container, and we're setting up a Christmas living room scene on it so you can get fun family Christmas photos. I guess it's going to be a good night, it's a big celebration. All right, so we can't wait for that. And so with that in mind, okay, because we're doing three giant services this Friday, and because next Sunday is literally the day after Christmas, and so many people are going to still be away, um, we are not having our normal services next Sunday morning. Okay? We encourage you, be with your family, celebrate. All right, and then we're going to be back together Sunday, January 2nd. And we're going to celebrate so many things that God has done in 2021, and we're going to look forward to what God is leading us to in 2022. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. All right, so no services next Sunday, but um, all that leads me to this. I do want to give you an update on our kids building project. And, and just before I do that, as a part of this, let me, let me just say, can we just thank and brag on all these kids that have been in here for the last few weeks. Haven't they done an awesome job? Man, they have these sheets where they're like following along with a message, filling things out, and then they get a prize afterward. Kids, you're going to want to especially pay attention today because we took that prize up a notch. I mean, a big notch. It's going to be good when you walk out this morning with that thing filled out. Adults, I don't have a prize for you, but Jesus is going to be really happy with you if you walk out of here knowing what we talked about. Amen. All right. Um, so thank you. Thank you to the kids and parents. Thank you for the way you have exercised your parental skills in our services during this time as well. We appreciate that. Now, as for the kids building, listen, we are getting close. Okay. I, I will say we thought we were going to be in there by the end of this year. It's going to be just a few weeks longer, but don't get discouraged and don't get bummed because we got a really, really, really good plan. Okay. So Kids, um, when we come back, parents, when we come back on January 2nd, we'll, we'll still be like this, okay? Kids in service on January 2nd. However, starting January 9th, we are starting for the month of January what we are calling Funuary. Look out, y'all. It's going to be so good. Okay, here's what we're doing. We have reserved the building down the block called the porch, just a little ways down the block, and children ages 4th through 6th grade are invited down there for kids' church. for It's going to be like three weeks, maybe, maybe four, but three. And we're going to get in the building, okay? But they're going to be invited over there for worship and all kinds of fun. All right? So listen, kids 0 through 3 ages, those ages, they're going to still be upstairs in the Fox. 
All right, but otherwise, I mean, you're invited down there. And I will say this, um, if you know anything about the gathering, our philosophy on kids' ministry is have fun and grow in your relationship with Jesus. Okay, because we really believe if kids aren't having fun, they're probably not growing in their relationships with Jesus at church. Amen? So here, here's what it's going to look like for the month of February. There will be fun Bible stories. There will be worship. But there's also going to be games. There's also going to be things like cornhole. There's also going to be, we're setting up indoor bowling lanes. There's foosball down there. There's ping pong. We're going to have cotton candy and donuts and popcorn. I should clarify, not all on the same Sunday, parents. It's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> we're having fun, Uary, not sugar church. Um, man, we're going to make it a blast for all these kids. Like, they're going to have crazy fun right leading up to, like, when the new building opens, Okay. And so um, all of our same safety protocols, the security, all that will be in place, parents. And look, I know it's a slight detour, parents, to drop your kids off down there and then come over here for worship. Um, But I will say, man, as a dad, I'd do almost anything to make sure my kids are in an environment where they're having fun and learning about Jesus. And and please hear me, like, man, we're going to always be the kind of church that just never compromises on the experience our kids get to have. Amen? And so I would invite parents, man, let's just make an extra effort. They're going to have so much fun. Let's, let's get our kids down the block and let's come down here and worship in January. Amen? And then we're going to keep talking about it. Man, we're like, especially after Christmas, we'll let everybody know when exactly the opening date is and it is coming and we're going to party hearty together when that building opens. Amen? Amen? So, so many good things to look forward to. Um, and that just leads me to one more thing, okay? Um, So many of you know, if you've been around here, that leading up to each new year, we pray and we ask God for a word for the new year or for his direction and how he would want to lead us. And so um, I'll just say, I really believe, I've been praying, fasting through this, um, I really believe that the Lord is saying that 2022 is going to be a year of breakthrough for the church. Now, that's not all though. I really feel like he's saying that 2022 is going to be a year of more breakdown in the world but breakthrough for the church. Okay, so it's up there. You see this. Here's what we're inviting the church to do. Would you please prayerfully, I want to get this on your radar now, not just prayerfully, I'm just, would you be a part of prayer and fasting with us for 21 days starting January 10th in 2022? We'll talk about how fasting works, what that looks like. I'm not saying you literally don't eat food for 21 days. There's all kinds of ways we can fast, but would you start praying about first what kind of breakthroughs does God want to give you? And then would you commit to join us in a season of prayer and fasting? We'll have extra prayer meetings during that time. Uh, we'll end the whole thing with a giant night of worship. It's going to be powerful. Listen, we're going we're gonna, this to, is, this is what the Bible talks about. We're going to consecrate ourselves and allow God to then move and bring breakthroughs through us. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to lay some things down and make him number one and open up our lives so that he can bring the kinds of breakthroughs he wants to in and through us. Amen? So, man, look forward to that. We will talk more about that. I've never been more eager for a time of prayer and fasting than this one right here. So I'd encourage you, man, just get this on your radar, mark it on your calendar, and let's go for 2022. Amen? All right, here we go then. You guys ready for this word? 
Let's dive into it. Do you hear what I hear? We are talking all about the good news of Jesus this Christmas. We really focused in on this because of the famous verse in Luke chapter 2 where the angel showed up and announced to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Lord, the Messiah. He said the Savior has been born, and we know his name is Jesus And so the announcement was, in in other words, it's, hey, Jesus has come to save everyone. Everyone who's been held captive by Satan and sin and death, he was born to live the sinless life that you and I have not lived and to take the death penalty we deserve for our sins. He did take that, and that is good news for us, right? But it gets even better. He rose from the dead, Therefore, conquering Satan and sin and death so that as we believe this good news about him and therefore put our faith in him, we might be saved by him and become spiritually rich people through him. Filled with the Holy Spirit, reborn for his purposes, living free and victorious with him over Satan and sin and death and helping other people do the same. Okay, listen, that's the good news. If you want to know what the good news of Jesus is, that's it right there. And so I'm convinced that God wants the good news of Jesus to work in all of our lives in new ways this Christmas season and beyond, and that he really wants to equip us so that we can share the good news of Jesus with more, with with others this Christmas season and beyond, that the lids would come off of our lives so that our world might receive the good news through us and more people might be saved. Amen? So last week, we looked at verse after verse after verse in the New Testament, and it was all about the good news, and we began to see clearly that receiving and sharing the good news of Jesus is the entire purpose of this life we're now living if we say we have actually received the good news of Jesus. Okay, however, listen, even though we looked at a lot of verses about the good news last week, um, there was at least one, there were a whole bunch, but there was one in particular we did not look at, And so if you got your Bibles open to Romans chapter 1, I intentionally left this one out last week because I knew we were going to focus in on it today. Romans chapter 1, and let me just set the stage, okay? So family, what we're about to read, this is Paul writing, and he, he is modeling for all of us. He's modeling this attitude. He's modeling this mindset, or really this resolve, that we must all have towards the good news of Jesus if we say we believe the good news of Jesus. He's actually modeling, I would say this way, a lifestyle that we are supposed to adopt when it comes to the good news if we say we believe the good news. Okay, now I'm going to be honest though. Many, many, many believers today do not have this attitude and this mindset or this resolve or this lifestyle towards the good news that Paul models for us. Okay, and let me just be clear though. Um, When we use that word believer, like we need to just connect the dots. A believer is someone who would say they believe the good news of Jesus. That may sound obvious, but listen, that's what we're saying. I'm living according to. I believe it, yeah. I put my faith in him. I'm a believer. That's what that means 
in Christianity. And so if we say we believe the good news of Jesus, then we must also resolve to adopt this same mindset and lifestyle towards the good news of Jesus that we say we believe. Okay, you guys ready? Here we go. Romans chapter 1. He's going to show us now. Kids, heads up. This is your key verse. At least the first one. Adults, heads up. This is your key verse. Come on, here we go. Romans 1, 16. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. There it is. There's the attitude. There's the mindset. There's the resolve. There's the lifestyle. Okay, and here's why he tells us. Here's why he's not ashamed. Because it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. Now, real quick, some of your translations will say, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, and that's accurate. I will remind you that word gospel simply means the good news of Jesus. Okay, but listen to me. Paul is not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. And family, here's what I'm saying. This must also be our attitude, our mindset, our resolve. We must also adopt this good news lifestyle if we say we believe the good news. Now, I fully realize that there's probably not a single one of us in this room who would say that we're truly ashamed of the good news. I would highly doubt that. I I would bet that probably we'd all genuinely say that we love the good news. And we're grateful for the good news, right? We, We want others to know the good news. And we'd probably even say, man, we want the others to know the good news through our lives, amen? Okay. So then why do I say that many, many, many believers do not have this same attitude and lifestyle? Okay, well, follow me. Um, I think it's that word ashamed that potentially throws us off a little bit. Okay, we wouldn't say we're ashamed, but, but just stick with me here. Um, have you ever felt shame in your life before? Every one of us has, right? So listen, what do you feel when you feel ashamed? What are the other feelings we typically feel as a result of feeling shame? Embarrassment. Fear. Like weakness, sometimes anxiousness. And then come on, what is it we typically do as a result of the shame we feel? I mean, when we're ashamed of something we did, what do we do? Oftentimes we hide. Or if we've done something that we're ashamed of, we try to keep it to ourselves. We, we try to keep it a secret, is that right? Yes, Pastor Brandon, that's right. (laughs) Okay, let's keep going further, though. And and hey, look, okay, um, I'm saying all this with big-time grace today. The point is not to beat anyone up. The point is to lift us all up today. Okay, the point is for all of us to see the truth so that we can be more free to be the disciples Jesus is calling us to be. Amen? But it's hard to see the truth if we avoid truth-telling right? Okay, so listen, embarrassment, fear, 
anxiousness, weakness, keeping things to ourselves. Listen, if we're all really, really honest, isn't that a pretty good description of how we can often feel when it comes to sharing the good news of Jesus with others in our everyday normal lives? Come on. We have these moments with people that we're in relationship in relationship with. And we know that we know that we know that this is one of those moments where I'm supposed to, man, God's calling me to tell them about what God can do for them because we know he's already done it for us. Or we have these moments where we just know, man, I should step up and offer to pray for them right now in the moment. Or we have these moments where it's like, I mean, I know I should be inviting them right now or I should tell them that God loves them right now, but yet there's these strong feelings within us And it's like in the moment, we then relent to those feelings and we keep it to ourselves. Right? We keep a lid on the good news in us. Okay, but also, listen, I want you to think about this. At what point in the past did the church decide that it was actually best to simply keep the good news of Jesus a private matter? You know what I'm talking about? I guarantee many of you do because it's the same. It's what you grew up with in church. Listen, we were actually taught things like this. Hey, um, your relationship with Jesus, that's personal. That's between you and God. That's a private matter. No, no, no. Hey, we're still going to do nice things for people. And we're going to assume that they know that we love Jesus because of the nice things we do for them. But we're not actually going to open up our mouths and tell them that we love Jesus and that Jesus loves you too and he can save you. Come on. Okay, I'm going to say something right now. Um, What a cop out. Actually, I'm going to say something really, really, really strong. Um, And I believe this with every fiber of my being. That is actually anti-Christian. Listen, and family, I've given this some thought, okay? Maybe I'm wrong about this, but the only reason I can come up with for why the church has done this now for, for, for decades, why the church has acted this way, is maybe because at some point, certain people in our society and culture got really loud and said, we don't want to hear about the good news of Jesus. And so out of fear and maybe embarrassment, we decided we'd rather be quiet and obey them rather than Jesus. We'd rather be quiet and than, than risk offending them and being shamed by them for sharing the good news of Jesus with them. And then for at least for a generation, but maybe two or three, we people grew up in the church being taught that that was actually the Christian way to live. This, this is a big part of my Sunday school experience. Now look. Here's where grace comes in, okay? It's one thing, and for all of us today, it's one thing to struggle with those feelings, okay? It is grace. But it's a whole other thing to give into them and now make it our doctrine that that's actually the Christian way we're to live our lives, that Jesus is to be a private matter. No, no, no. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. 
I'm not ashamed of this good news of Jesus. In other words, I want the world to know I'm here for Jesus to take all the lids off my life. I want every person to be reborn. Come, Jesus, share your good news through me, family. That's our doctrine. That's what we believe. That must be our attitude. It must be our mindset. It must be our resolve. It must be our lifestyle. There was a, a famous theologian from the 1700s in England. His name was Matthew Henry. Uh, he wrote a highly esteemed Bible comp- commentary, a comprehensive Bible commentary on the whole Bible. And I love what he says here about Romans 1.16. Okay, now, just before we put it up, keep in mind, um, this was written in the 1700s by a guy in England. So it's going to sound a little bit like old English. And it's going to sound a little bit British. All right? Watch what he says. Here we go. It'll be up there. He says, I reckon him a Christian indeed that is neither ashamed of the gospel nor ashamed to it. Think about this. Just, just imagine. Imagine if we could personify the good news of Jesus would the good news of Jesus actually be ashamed of the way we treat it? And so again, listen, it's one thing to struggle with those feelings of fear and embarrassment and anxiousness. It's one thing, okay, even for us today. It's a whole other thing to justify it and then resolve just to give in to them. So listen, one more time with grace, okay, we're trying to see the truth so that we can be more and more free to be the disciples Jesus is calling us to be. Amen? Okay, so just follow me then. Big time grace. If shame causes fear and embarrassment, weakness, etc., hiding, all that stuff, and then if we fear offending others, or if we fear that others might talk badly about us, or they might ridicule us, or embarrass us, or dislike us, or uninvite us, or cancel us, or shame us for sharing the good news of Jesus with them. If that's how we feel, and then as a result, here's what we do. We keep the good news of Jesus to ourselves. Then is it not fair to ask if we might actually be ashamed of the good news of Jesus? Are you following me? Okay, so even more grace, because look, you should know, none of this caught Jesus by surprise. That this actually might be a real struggle that we face, okay? And so I don't know if you've ever connected all these dots before, put all this together before, but listen, this is specifically why Jesus himself gave us very precise encouragement in this matter. But it's also specifically why he gave us a very precise warning in this matter. Let's start with the encouragement. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12. And he says, okay, he's basically like, hey, be encouraged. Get excited. Watch this. God blesses you 
When people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. By the way, many of us probably have never experienced these things because we've been Jesus' followers. Maybe, maybe a little bit, but like not big time yet, right? That may change soon, but right now we've, we've had it pretty good. Is that right? But nonetheless, listen, God blesses you. Watch what, watch what he says. He says, be happy about it. Come on, be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Okay, you want to know the other way that this often gets translated? Rejoice when this happens to you. Otherwise, be joyful when, treat, when people treat you badly because you're my followers. Family, it's actually like the angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Okay, but get this, joy isn't just for the people who hear it, it's also for the people who share it even if other people don't receive it. Now, I know you might say, well, that sounds like a weird way to get joy, though, if they're not going to receive it. Okay, listen, we don't rejoice when other people don't receive the good news. Amen? But we do take great joy in knowing that, just like Jesus suffered for the sake of the good news, that he would somehow count us worthy to suffer alongside with him for the sake of the good news. Listen to me carefully. Family, when people try to shame us for following Jesus, their offense towards us actually proves that we're becoming more like him. Which is why then he also gave us such a strong warning. Okay, and... Um, Remember just a moment ago when we imagined if we could personify the good news of Jesus and how would it feel? Okay, listen, we don't have to imagine it. Jesus himself is the good news personified. And watch what he says to us here in Mark 8:38. Kids, this is your second key verse. Adults, this is your second key verse. He says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days. The son of man, that's Jesus, will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his father with his holy angels. And by the way, real quick, this coming Friday, we're going to talk about the good news that Jesus is going to return in the glory of the father. Okay, so look, um, I am not trying to get anyone here to go out and be overbearing with the good news of Jesus. I'm not trying to get anybody here to go out and be forceful with the good news of Jesus so that you can just prove that you're not ashamed of it, right? I'm definitely not asking anybody here to go out and be weird with the good news of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Like if you're at work and your coworker like comes up to you and says, hey, um, did you get that email I sent you about the TPS report? And then you respond by saying, oh, um, no, brother. Um, I don't do email. Let me tell you about what I do. I do this thing called knee-mail. <laughs> I know, that's like the lamest church joke ever. I've been waiting a long time to try to fit that thing into a message. <sighs> I feel really good. Okay, don't do that, right? Don't do that. You make all of us look bad when you do things like that, right? 
I don't want anybody to go out and be a jerk with the good news. I don't want anybody to go out and, and be a bully with the good news, but I do want all of us to be free. Jesus wants us to be free. Listen, he wants us to be free from embarrassment, fear, and anxiousness, and weakness, so that we're free then to be resolved and empowered to share the good news in all of those moments when, and in all of our relationships where we know that we know that we know God is calling us to share the good news. Okay, family, can you imagine if the good news was our lifestyle? And the truth is, we don't have to imagine it because we see it over and over again all throughout the Bible. What happens when God's people don't shut up about the good news? When they don't keep the good news of Jesus private? Listen, here's what happens. Not only does God do God's people, not only do we receive joy, even if others are offended by us, but here's what happens. Our whole world hears about Jesus. His word rings out to people everywhere, and yes, though many still may oppose him, here's what happens. Here's what you see. Many, 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 many turn to him. Come on, Romans 1, 6, one more time. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ, but keep watching. You have to see this. Here's why he's not ashamed. He says, because it is, okay, what is? The good news. The good news is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. Okay, so think about this. If the good news is the power of God that saves everyone who believes, right? That's, that's what your Bible said too, right? Right? Here's what that means. It means if we are ashamed of the good news... And we're actually ashamed of the power of God. And so, can you see it then? Listen to me. If the good news is not your lifestyle, if it's not your resolve, if being unashamed is not your attitude, then you will end up living your life void from the power of God. You with me? Family, this right here is why so many Christians today feel absolutely powerless. When you leave out the good news of Jesus, you leave out the power. This is why the church has lost so much of its power in these days. When we keep the good news to ourselves, we bottle up or we put a lid on the power of God. Come on, I'm not making this up, right? And so I'm telling you, though, God wants all of us to take all the lids off. He wants all of us to be free. Do you know how much God wants to move in and through all of our lives? Do you know how, how listen, he wants you to feel like a powerful Christian? This is what he wants for you. And so I know this, come on. Listen, especially if you're in here and you've truly received the good news of Jesus, I know this. There, is there really a single person in here? Is there anybody in here who would truly believe that God isn't more powerful than the things that we fear? Nobody would believe that, right? I know we may, listen, I know there are moments where we may struggle in the moment, but even deep down, is there anyone in here who actually believes that God isn't able to overcome everything we fear, everything we get nervous or embarrassed about? Well, he is able, right? Okay, so can you imagine if that was our resolve? God can overcome this. God can move through me in this moment. 
I got nothing to fear. Can you imagine if that became our lifestyle more and more and more? Family, can you imagine if we all took all the lids off the good news in us? Come on, because we know this. We are all already in relationship with plenty of people that don't just need good news. They need the good news. So could you imagine if we, a whole bunch of believers, resolved that we're going to be the ones who share it with them. Seriously, think about this. Um, could you imagine if we all, a whole bunch of believers right here, just resolved to consistently share the good news of Jesus with other people in our lives who need it, just consistently over the next year? Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine if we all just resolved, hey, I'm going to take one person, in my life that I know that needs the good news. One person I'm already in relationship with and I'm just gonna keep showing up and I'm gonna consistently share the heart of Jesus with them and how much Jesus loves them and what he can do for them because he's already done it for me. Can you imagine? Listen, I, we can actually just see what happens. I was thinking about it. It's actually been several years since we've done the math on this. You guys wanna see what can happen? Listen, follow me, okay? Um, I'm just gonna point my friend Ashley. Let's just pretend that Ashley is the only believer in this room. Congratulations. Um, Ashley's the only believer. She loves Jesus. She wants to tell the good news to everybody. Okay, let, let's say that my wife Rachel isn't a believer, even though she came out of the womb believing in Jesus. It's just crazy. Um, let's say that my wife Rachel isn't a believer. And so Ashley decides, I'm going to share the good news of Jesus with my friend Rachel because we're in a relationship together. And so Ashley does. But because we don't just share the good news, we actually make disciples who make disciples around here. Listen, so now there's two people. Let's say Rachel receives it. There's two people that know the good news of Jesus. And now these two people, since they are disciples who make disciples, now the two of them go out. They say, you know what? I'm going to take one person. I'm going to share the good news with them. Okay, then you get four. And if you make disciples who make disciples, then you get eight. And then you get 16. And then you get 32. And then you get 64. And I'm really bad at math, so I'm going to look down at my notes right now and find the place. Is it 128? I lost my place. Here we go. 128. And then you make another move. 256, 512, 1,024 then, 2,048. Then you're at 4,096. Then you're at 8,192. Then you quickly jump to 16,384. One more jump after that, and you're at 32,768 people, which means you've blown right past the entire population of Newton. You probably got all the Heston and Peabody and Halstead and some places in between, and you're well on your way to seeing a region reborn. All because we decided to take the lids off. I'm not saying every person that we share it with is going to receive it. That's why we've all got plenty of people in our lives that do need it. Somebody will. And listen, that was starting with one. I'm looking around. There's a whole bunch of us who would say we are believers. Which leads to my question then. And I'm going to invite the band to make their way up here. Listen, here's the question. Just watch right here. Who is already in your life that needs the good news of Jesus? Who are you already currently in relationship with that needs the good news of Jesus? And what if you resolve right now that you're going to show up in 2022? Just look right here. You're going to show up in 2022 
and you're gonna start consistently sharing the good news with them. I, I would ask, come on, right now, if you were to pray and ask God, who would you want me to share the good news with? Who would the Holy Spirit lay on your heart? Who are you in relationship with that already needs the good news? And what if you resolve that you're gonna be the person that, that relationally connects to them? And you reach out, and I'm not saying you're forceful, but I'm saying you're, you're mindful and you're intentional for those moments where you know that you know that you know that God is telling you, this is one of those moments to tell them what I can do for them because of what I've already done in you. Where you're mindful to start praying for them and then that way you're mindful in the moment to actually just be bold and say, hey, can, can I pray for you right now? Where, where you're intentional to say, you know what, I'm gonna invite you. Where, where you're not afraid, you're not nervous, you're not embarrassed to say, you know what, you need to know that Jesus loves you. And where you don't just wait for those moments to happen, but here's what I'm saying, where, where you pray about, and not in a forceful way, but you allow Jesus to work through you to actually create those moments so they can happen. I know some of you would say, but pastor, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that with somebody. Okay, listen, this is why we are always saying, get plugged into the family. Show up consistently. Go to connect. Start serving with us. Go to freedom. Get more free. Be in a neighborhood gathering. On and on. Listen, all of this. Start tithing. Even that, I'm telling you, all of this is designed to equip us to be the disciples Jesus has made us to be so that we can go out and, and actually share the good news of Jesus with our world who needs it. So maybe, maybe that's your next step this morning. Oh, come on, right now, I'm just gonna ask you, would you bow your heads and close your eyes?